0: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Internet Essentials from Comcast. Connecting more than 6 million low-income people to low-cost, high-speed internet at home. So students are ready for homework, class, graduation, and more. Now, they're ready for anything. You're connected to the All Songs Considered Plus One podcast. I'm Bob Boylan, and I'm with Paul Simon, the person I think of as America's greatest living songwriter. Paul Simon is about to release another in a series of brilliant solo records. This is number 13, and it's called Stranger to Stranger, and it's out June 3rd. We'll have the entire record online May 26th. I met Paul Simon at the NPR Bureau in New York City, and our conversation revolved around this one song, this opening track, The Werewolf. We begin the conversation with how the song came to be, a single sound that spoke to Paul Simon. The title comes
1: from the instrument that starts the song.
0: That sounds so, sounds a little like a burin but it also sounds Indian. It is a
1: It's an Indian instrument called a uh, gobichand, but I didn't even know the name of it, uh, but, so I used to call it a twanger.
0: It's just a single string that comes with a, almost like a gourd, some, uh, some resonating right. little chamber, little tuning peg at the top. That's right. You squeeze it and it bends the, sh- eases the string, so it goes
1: And that's what it was. And, and it sounded like the werewolf. The werewolf. <laughs>
0: And that starts, That's what it you're sounded often a-
1: like to me. So that's that was the title, so that then was the subject. So now, what's the story?
2: Milwaukee man led a fairly decent life, made a fairly decent living, had a fairly decent wife. She killed him, a uh, sushi knife. Now they're shopping for a fairly decent afterlife.
1: First, I want to tell you that uh, the track itself, the rhythm of the track, was made during these sessions when I was recording with flamenco musicians. So it comes from hand clapping and heels on a dancing on a, on a wooden floor and uh, probably um, a, a cajon, which is like a wooden, a wooden drum. I did several tracks on this album that uh, that have that combination of percussion. This track also had it, but I thought that the tempo was too fast, so I kept slowing the tempo down, slowing it down until it got to a groove that I liked.
2: I'm not complaining, just the opposite my friend.
1: And then, I don't remember why it is that I picked up that Gobi-chan then, you know, did that. But I did, and also I, I, I did it in a certain key, and uh, I'm pretty sure it's D. I'm pretty sure I'm in the key of D there, which uh, wouldn't surprise me because the early songs that I, that I make in the albums are usually in the guitar keys. They're usually in sharp keys. Mm-hmm. So, there's no
0: guitar on this song, though. In fact, no, it feels m- like the first handful of songs on the record, Stranger Stranger, is guitarless and rhythm based. It's an inspiring, open sound. That I, I, I love it.
1: So do I. I like it. I like it a, a lot. That the, that the guitar is missing and uh, chordal instruments are are missing mm-hmm. until we get to the end of the Werewolf, and then you know, then there's a. A splat of horn, you know a horns, and then it turns into a, a big church pipe organ that we recorded. That's how the track got to be that tempo. And when you take percussion instruments that are you know hit slapped like a drum or something, they have a tone to them, and uh, you can you know feel the tone. It may, it may it may imply several tones, but you can find a tone. And in this case. Um that's the tone i heard and so i, I you know I, I had to tune that 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 indian instrument and make that sound um to match the tone of the yeah, percussion yeah to put it to and put so- it in in that key and then to reinforce the key so that i i could sing against it cuz there's no tonality going on we uh, had uh, an instrument that uh well it sounds like a didgeridoo in fact, it might be a didgeridoo, or it might have been this instrument that Mark Stewart, who's in our band, uh, invented and called uh, a trombado, which is hmm. uh, just a long tube, heavy paper tube that he cuts to a certain length so it has a, a tone to it. But it's akin to a, it's akin to the Australian instrument didgeridoo
0: and blow into it and resonates right
1: and so i would you know it would that would play like the d and keep me keep my ear you know in in the key that i had to sing in uh, otherwise i would naturally tend to drift without some some uh, uh chordal reminder but mm-hmm. but it's but it's not there
0: let me just help fill out the picture a little bit you're you're in a studio with a group of musicians and what starts the rhythm what gets what's the inspiration to get the rhythm going. And when you say slow it down, did you literally mean you asked the players to slow down? No,
1: I meant digitally slow it down. Yes,
0: that's what I was wondering. And so that changes the whole
1: pitch, right?
0: It changes the pitch. But in this case, you slowed it down to a pitch where it's now singable. So no words. Who were these musicians that you had in the studio? They were
1: uh, Spanish uh, musicians who were up in Boston teaching at, uh, I think they were teaching at Berkeley. Uh And they were friends of uh, Jamie Haddad, who's the percussionist in our band. When I keep saying my band. It's really, it's really the band that I tour with. Mm-hmm. So I started off uh, with a rhythmic premise on the album. And the pr- rhythmic premise is I really like the sound of hand claps and flamenco dancing. Um, and I've always like I like flamenco music too, but I didn't want to make a flamenco record mm-hmm. so I didn't want the guitar and I didn't want the those vocals and I didn't want to be make learning a form and tr- all I wanted was the claps in order to get that though the musician said well we don't know we just can't sh- clap, <laughs> uh, we need to clap to a song so we had a guitarist and a singer and they were in the control room, and the percussionists were in the studio with earphones, and the the singer is singing, and the guitarist is playing a song, maybe it's a traditional song, Mm -hmm. and the percussionists are playing along with it. At a certain point, I might say, well, uh, that minute, that minute and a half is fine, when you say that'll be
0: fine, you mean now go in and play that or I already have it no, captured I already digitally. Have it. Thanks very much. And That's right. I've recorded
1: Yeah, think. I've recorded it and I have that. <laughs> and now I, if I want I can make a loop of that and right. s- I could say we'll make that loop for, you know, four and a half minutes or right. five minutes and then I'll think about what should be laid on top of it. And once that happens, then I'll think about what might be lyrically appropriate in that musical context. Mm-hmm. And that's the typical way that I write. So anyway, that's the rhythm of the werewolf. And then it becomes, well, what's the song going to be? Well, first of all, I think I started off with a, uh, like a longer piece of material just in length than I used because I kept cutting cutting it back. I kept saying, oh, it takes so long to get going. It's like I'm not, you know, I'm let's let's get going what's going you know what's happening here it might take me uh, six months or a year before I say I mean there's no reason why I should start with eight bars yeah. for an introduction I mean it's just as well being four bars or in fact I I really like things that start with uh, you know six bars or ten bars because we're, we're so used to hearing things in, in terms of four
0: now play the top of the song, uh, play a little bit of, of the words, and I just wanted to talk about what you pared it down to. Tell us, we'll talk about the essence of the words of this song. Is
2: that okay? Milwaukee man led a fairly decent life, made a fairly decent living, had a fairly decent wife. She killed him by uh, sushi knife. Now they're shopping for a fairly decent afterlife. Ooh. Most old bits are mixed reviews Life is a lottery A lot of people lose And the winners, the grinners With money-colored eyes Eat all the nuggets And they order extra fries The werewolf is coming Extra fries The werewolf is coming, you know The world. Debate. Put the fight in Vegas, that's a billion dollar game. Revenue paid for view should be pretty healthy. The usual deductions, then it all goes to the wealthy. Still, the world
0: is coming. This is sort of the angel of death. Uh, this is the end. It's, I mean, that's what I take it as.
1: Well, it's some bad news for sure. If it's not the if it's not the angel of death, which I guess you could say that, I, although I wasn't thinking that, uh-huh. I was just thinking we're about to get hit with all the stuff that people have been saying we're going to get hit with for a long time, and it's coming. But I started off the song with uh, you know I, the, the, one of the hardest parts of making a song is finding the first line. It's very important. Uh, the first line, just as the last line, is is, is very important. And I started off with uh, I knew a man who, uh, and I immediately didn't like it. Uh, I, I knew a man led a fairly decent life, had a fairly decent, made a fairly decent living, had a fairly decent wife. I'm I'm kind of happy with all these fairly decent. Uh-huh. Uh, and then the quick turn, she killed him. And then the specific thing of sushi knife, you know, shows you like what kind of fa- <laughs> what kind of household they had. they had a sushi knife, you know. And now they're now they're shopping for a fairly decent after. They're still shopping, you know. <laughs> but the first line, I knew a man. I was just. I said, it's just. Uh, First of all, it kind of reminded me of "You Can Call Me Al." A man walks down the street. I see. Yeah. You know, it's uh, uh, but "You Can Call Me Al" and a man walks down the street is a is a little play on uh, a guy walks into a bar. You know, it has the same rhythm. It's that you know, that, it's that kind of ordinary setup. So uh, I didn't like it. First of all, I didn't know a man who. <laughs> it wasn't really true, of course. So and. Uh, But I didn't know what to to do with it, and uh, I should say before all of this that the beginning of the song was twice as long before the words came Uh in. And uh, there are parts that are added to it, to the clapping. I mean, I can hear that there's a, it's either, it sounds like either a frame drum or a talking drum that's going,
2: doom, 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 doom,
1: doom, doom. That sound, I know it's Jamie. Haddad playing one of the two instruments. And then there are several electronic dance music sounds in there.
0: And who's doing that?
1: A guy named uh, DJ Galesio who goes by the name of Clap Clap. Oh
2: yeah, he's electronic.
1: Uh, he's electronic. He's not known at all in the US as far as mm-hmm. so far. If, you, if you've heard of him, you're the first.
0: Yeah, uh, just barely. I mean, I kn- okay. I know I know the band I have a song in my library.
1: Well, he's he's Italian. He's European DJ producer. Beer. And he made a he made an album called Beba, T A Y I B E B B A that combined uh African field recordings with electronic dance music and mm-hmm. it's so beautifully put together. It's 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 virtually a masterpiece. Uh, my son uh, Adrian to- told me about him because that's the world that he's interested mm-hmm. in and that's he's, he's a composer in that world and that's how I heard of him then I listened to this album and I said wow this is this is amazing maybe if I maybe I could meet him and I did when uh, Sting and I were on tour together and we passed and we did a show in Milan I met uh clap clap or Chris is what you he likes to be called mm-hmm. Chris. He took a train up from Rome, and I was in Milan, and we spent a few hours together talking about the possibilities of integrating the, the sounds from electronic music into the acoustic environment that is the usual environment of, of singer-songwriters, And the mix really hasn't been done in a way that you could call it a a genre. I mean, I I guess there have been attempts, but you can't say there's a kind of...
0: It's fresh. It's a nice mix. The organic and the electronic is something that I think is very strong.
1: I think so, too. But it's hard to achieve because if there's too much of the electronic, it's so powerful that you can't put a lyric on top of it because... Uh, the beat is so is so powerful and compulsive that it, the mind doesn't have enough space left to absorb a story.
0: It's also very rigid, which is and so that's true.
1: It's also you know it tends to have if it's dance music it tends to have that just that constant foot go, going going yeah. on the bottom. But if you go back to uh, the top, I'll point out. Can I talk yeah. over? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This? let's
0: let's do that. <laughs>
1: So first, it's going to be that... That's the Indian instrument. Right. There's the talking drum. That's an electronic sound. And, and right before the, the lyric comes in, if you play it again, yeah. there's an electronic sound that's going... Very, uh, you know, very even. Very even eighth notes. So those two little uh, electronic pieces are used there. There are other. Uh, I use it in other places too. And but but right at the top, I used it there. And so uh, as you can see, I dropped the. Uh, I knew a man, and I you solved went, the problem. Uh, yeah, I went to solve the problem with some kind of. The first thing I wrote. First I wrote was Miami Man, and then I thought, mm, no Miami, it's got two. Uh, you might infer that I'm saying something that I'm not, you know. So then I was thinking, you know, like the Ms are good, and I thought for for a minute of Manchester Man, which is kind of That's funny. Nice,
0: yeah, I like that too, you
1: know. And 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 in retrospect, I think I pro- probably should have done that. I like the man, the shows. man and the chest and yeah. all of that is kind of funny. But anyway, I I, I, I went to Milwaukee. It was one of those things where I you know said to Andy Smith which one do you like better and he said Milwaukee and I said okay let's do Milwaukee (laughs) and so it became a Milwaukee man which is actually good too because it throws the record into the Midwest and the record starts with a joke which I I like as, as an idea because my songs tend to become more serious as they go along so Starting with the joke pleases my my sense of uh, you know how you open a, how you open a record. Uh, I have to say that I I never intended to open the record with this song. I, I intended to open the record with Insomniac's Lullaby, which is how you now end it. Which is now ho- how I end it exactly, and the reason I did that is because it's Insomniac's Lullaby has a, a you know a, it's it's a little bit right at the top of the record to get into uh you know some sort of intimations of mortality is maybe not, not the way to begin so that's the first verse uh, you know tells you a lot about that couple mm-hmm. and couple. then i say uh, the werewolf is coming you know something something bad is coming then i move into the second verse which is is a line that i had written down prior to my you know working on what this track uh, implied to me, and that line was "most obits are mixed reviews," <laughs> which I think is yes, true and really funny, true. Well, you know. <laughs> uh, and then I, you know, sort of continue with uh, like the pun: "Life is a lottery. A lot of people lose, you know. It's like the lot comes back. Right. It's a lottery. <laughs> Why? Well, because a lot of people lose, <laughs> and the winners, the grinners with money-colored eyes." Uh, they eat all the nuggets and then they order extra fries. Uh, this was like a line that I overheard somebody <laughs> saying as I passed by. Somebody was asking their boss, "Well, if you don't ha- if you don't want uh, all the nuggets, should I order extra fries?" Which uh, was just I don't know <laughs> hilar- hilarious to me as I passed by that this was. Like a, you know, it seemed like a really good question, you know. Okay, if you can't have this, can I have we'll call it nuggets <laughs> from McDonald's. Then, should you can we compensate with that? <laughs> compensate you with that with extra fries? Would that be acceptable? You know. So I put that in, and then I also leave in uh, the werewolves come in, and then I, then I leave in a, like a little tiny grumble about the extra fries. Like the the the, the narrator is still. Com- complaining if right. You, right. if you play it you'll hear it
2: the with eyes eat all the nuggets and they order extra werewolf is extra fries the werewolf is coming you know
1: he's he's still mad about that also if ve- very subtly in there there's a pedal steel guitar
0: I didn't hear that turn it up again
1: And that's, that's just keep, just keeping me in the, from singing out of tune It's just a little it's just a little bit of tonality if, if you listen again okay. you'll hear it
2: there the you go coming,
1: it's the world, wolf coming, Joe. I hear her prowling on the hill Ooh. The <laughs> And it's in harmony yeah. too It's
2: an of national debate Put the fight in Vegas that's a billion dollar game. Revenue
1: should be pretty helpful. nice so throughout the song there are little uh, key references
0: They're almost like little musical handrails for yeah. you to grab onto to
1: and for the keep, listener to keep yeah. to hear you know that the key the, there's the a key there's a key going on yeah so uh, those those little decisions and what instruments i use and where they sit in the track that's all through this album i mean there must be hundreds i mean of those decisions or maybe maybe thousands for all i know of tiny decisions about whether there should be uh, some piece of musical information or whether you, you don't need it at all and uh, sometimes i'll live with a decision for a long time and then change my mind mm-hmm. you know So that's what we're up to here, and then it's, now we're up to The Werewolf Is Coming. There's the
2: didgerie.
1: There's the pedal steel. Now there's vocal voices in the background. Those voices are coming from late in the evening. The chorus out of late in the evening and put it oh, in another this. song. Oh, it's my song, yeah, late yeah. In the
0: yeah, yeah.
1: And then, if we if we go back, I hear her howling high up on the hill. I hear her howling prowling on the hill. Well, that was a kind of a decision, too, because I started out with I hear him. And then I said, you know, it's like a kind of a natural thing to always make it all always male, you know, but I should be more aware of that. It's no reason why this werewolf shouldn't be female. Maybe it's even a better idea to have the werewolf as a female.
2: That's a pedal steel. Who's playing that? A young guy named Steve
1: Marion who, go, who goes by the name of uh, Delicate Steve.
0: Oh sure, I know Steve. He's from Jersey, yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. There's
1: a celeste.
0: That's uh, is that Nico Muli, I think yeah, that's I, I heard this playing Yeah. And uh, for those who don't know what a celeste or celesta. Or
1: celeste. celeste. Well, sometimes they call it celesta. It's uh it's a keyboard instrument that has a very is very chimey. Sounds like, uh, almost like music box, kind of. Mm-hmm. It's a keyboard instrument that hits a metal with a mallet. So it sounds something in between a, a piano and a xylophone. Mm-hmm. It's not plucking a string, it's hitting. It's a, it's a, not an uncommon instrument, it's in orchestras.
2: The dog ringing, could be the elves. But it's probably the werewolf. It's quarter to twelve, and when it's midnight,
1: that's a live horn section. I love what happens in the song at this moment. And here's where it goes to the, pi- the church pipe organ. Yeah. And the jokes all become suddenly, it's really not a joke. Right. We, we really are about to get it
0: it gets downright scary
1: you know i wrote the lines ignorance and arrogance the national debate that i wrote those lines actually before the republican hmm. you know debates but uh, they certainly were an illustration of uh, you know ignorance and arrogance uh, the national debate and uh, again, you know, after all said and done, everything you know, there's a profit, and it's all going to the wealthy. And and then the next verse is, you know, I'm not, com- I'm not complaining. It's just, just the opposite. You know, uh, all of this is just songwriting. You know, one oh one cliche after cliche that's used for a purpose, which is you don't, you don't have to pay a lot of attention to this. I'm not complaining. Just the opposite. You know. Uh, and then, I Know It's Raining, which is there to fill in the complaining rhyme. But we're coming to the end of the rainbow with a lion and the spine is true. Oh, you don't know me? Okay, I don't know you too, which is to me, <laughs> is to, well, to me is funny, you know. I don't know you too. You know, it's obviously people who, who know each other, you know, who are lying. Um, so... And then it goes to the last verse with stock up on water, get your canned goods off the shelf, loot some for the old folks can't loot for themselves, which is another dark joke. But the doorbell's ringing, and then I, I, we must have tried ten different doorbells to get the one that sounded like it was the right doorbell, and the right key, and, and, the, the, right key and, the, and the right key, and the right sound, and the right uh, pace between just, the two bells. Yeah, yeah all, right. all of that. So. There's a lot of trial and error that goes into the record making process for me. Um, and you
0: enjoy this immensely. I, I, yeah.
1: Most I mean, of the time, I, I enjoy it immensely, except when I get frustrated and I can't. I'm trialing and erroring, but I'm mean, you more. You can't solve the puzzle. I'm more erroring than trialing, and then I'm you know then I'm frustrated. And, uh but. You get used to the being frustrated and uh, you get well past the point where you're where you're bored it's a, a boredom isn't even an issue an issue because I'm repeating things for so long I'm working on something for so so long that I mean uh, I, I don't I wouldn't even begin to measure something in terms of well, I'm just bored now I've done this too long it's you keep doing it until it feels right. Mm-hmm. And when it doesn't feel right, it's the ear goes to the irritant. It, it's what <laughs> yeah, do, yeah, the, yeah. the thing that doesn't feel right eventually just gets on your nerves to such a degree that you f- finally pull it out. It may take a while before you recognize that you you really don't like a certain thing. Because you start off by saying, it's okay, it's not my favorite part of the, it's okay though, you know. And usually that's about denial because you've worked on it a long time, so you say, it's you know, it's fine. It's not the best part of the song, It's but uh, it's okay until you get to the point where you say, I really can't stand that. <laughs> uh, that. I can't stand it. It has to go. And then you remove it, and sometimes you find just removing the irritant is enough. And sometimes... You just get the relief of removing it and you have to fi- figure out how to fill it. And now you have a new set of choices. What was it about the irritant that bothered you? Was it the content? Was it the rhythm? Was it the sound? Was it too many words, uh, too few words? What did it, did it want a melody? Did it not want a melody? Uh, what exactly was it that was wrong, and when you come up with your choices for what you're gonna replace the irritant with, you at least start from a premise that you think is going to correct it, and then you're back in trial and error again. You know? <laughs> but you have a better chance because you've eliminated an area of irritation. I intended the whole record to be without any you know without really any t- any tonal thing at all until those horns came in at the end but I found that uh, it was it was v- very difficult to sing in tune sound like was in tune till I listened back and mm-hmm. so that's why I add those little Pedal steel, or the voices, or the didgeridoo, or little sounds here and there, that or or the celeste. So I mean, it actually comes comes out that they're almost one in every verse that just that reminds you of uh, of the key. But when that chordal thing does happen, it's so much more potent.
0: What happens at the end of that song, because those horns, because it's the first real chordal thing, it's magnificent. Right, right. and
1: then the organ piece. The whole piece is in D major, and then the chordal piece, you know, goes into the relative minor of D major, which is uh, B minor. So it's a B minor piece, and it's sort of based on a, a Bach-type huh. of church organ recital sound. Mm-hmm. And I guess that—I guess that's the story. I mean,
0: I heard the song, and I've heard the song now six or seven times before we sat down and I heard some of what you were talking about, but I love the way the decisions happen and the way you think about the storytelling, and I can't imagine you ever not doing this. Do you ever imagine not doing this songwriting thing? It just seems like I see th- there's excitement when you talk about it. There's puzzling and reward and
1: all that sort of thing. Well, lately I've thought quite a bit about not doing it, and... um the reason is I really wonder what would happen to my creative impulses, which seem to come on a regular basis. Every three, four years, they, they manifest themselves. And by habit, uh, they manifest themselves as songs. But this is really the decision of a 13-year-old. Uh, you know, <laughs> Me who said at 13, no, I want to write songs. That's what I'm going to do. And so I'm doing 60 years later. I'm still, you know, this 13-year-old is, is telling me what to do. But I wonder what happens if I simply prohibit myself from expressing whatever the creative urge is, if I will not, do not allow that to happen in the song, in, the, in, in music or song form. I'm I'm sort of willing to give it a, a year or so. Mhm. I feel like in the beginning it'll probably be frustrating and it'll be annoying, you know, and I'll wanna go back to the to the other way, but if I if I stay with uh with the rules, maybe I'll discover some other outlet.
0: You must have an inkling as to what that might be. I mean visual
1: or? I'm trying not to have any inklings because the, I mean the first inklings are that you would that it would go to some other art form, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh well, maybe you'll write a memoir, which yeah. I definitely will not do, and uh, or you know write a novel as if that were something that anybody could just decide that they're right. going to write a novel and or. Um, I don't know. The only thing that I I, I do think is I couldn't go a year without playing guitar. Mm. I'd have to, wherever I go and travel out, I have to have my guitar with me. So maybe I'd write guitar music, uh, but that's not the point of the restriction. The point is to find out where the mind goes. And what I'm secretly hoping is that it goes to some sort of spiritual place that gives you uh, uh, some explanation for a question or a mystery that I haven't answered by by, uh, creating music. And maybe it'll be a piece of information that will inform my choices for the remainder of the time that I have. Uh, in which case it would be very interesting and very enjoyable if it's comparable to what happens with music and if nothing happens well then i can see if i want to return to music if it's if that's still there in these 3 to 4 years that it takes to to make an album it takes a lot of energy and concentration and also, I'm very fortunate in that my voice is held up. Truly, and I'm not sure when that. Who'da thunk? I mean, right
0: when I, when I was a kid, listening to people like you, and I would right. thought forty was, man, maybe forty-five, you'd you'd be done. And then that's not true of so many of our favorite singers, right? I'm sure that's true of people who you admire and
1: love. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it's actually if, just great at sixty. Right, right, you're lucky if your voice is, you know holds up and is you know more expressive than than it was but i don't know whether that will go on you know forever uh... you know into my eighties or Mm nineties or i don't think so you know i'm looking forward to finding
0: out okay and, and i'm really looking forward to what happens with this notion this records so brilliant it would be sad not to hear Paul Simon songs for a while, but I'm, I'm willing to, to wait it out with you and, and look and as one of your many fans and just see what, uh, what, what all happens.
1: Well, thanks. thanks for the
0: conversation. Thanks for spending time. Cheers. Paul Simon, the new record is called Stranger to Stranger. We'll have the entire record online May 26th at the NPR Music site. Let's listen to this opening track without interruption called The Werewolf. For NPR Music, it's all songs considered.
2: The man led a fairly decent life, made a fairly decent living, had a fairly decent wife, she killed him by a sushi knife. Now they're shopping for a fairly decent afterlife. mixed reviews Life is a lottery A lot of people lose And the winners The grinners With money-colored eyes Eat all the nuggets and they order extra fries The werewolf is called oh. Extra fries The werewolf war- Debate. Put the fight in Vegas, that's a billion dollar game Revenue, paid for view should be pretty healthy The usual deductions, then it all goes to the wealthy Still, the world coming Yeah, the world coming I'm not complaining, just the opposite, my friend I know it's raining, but we're coming to the end of the rain the lion when the spine through Oh, you don't know me? Okay, I don't know you too off the shelves and loots off for the old folks can't loot for themselves. The doorbells ringing could be the elves but it's probably the werewolf it's quarter to twelve and when it's midnight and the wolf fights it's a full moon
0: If you liked this podcast, discover the rest of the NPR portfolio at npr.org podcasts and learn more about eight of the country's top 20 podcasts according to PodTrack's podcast metrics. That's npr.org podcasts.